Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am joined today by somebody I consider a friend, and she's also been a client of mine, Melissa Riley, and she specializes in helping moms without a mom. And I'm not a mom, but I am without a mom. So I do connect with her messaging and who she helps because I can just imagine how hard it would be if I was a mom. So thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to chat with you. Oh, I am so excited to be here, Tara. Thank you for inviting me here. Yeah. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about your story, kind of how you got started in this business or this niche even, because I feel like it's very specific and one that people wouldn't have even thought is like, oh, this is me. I can't believe there's actually somebody who can help people like me. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your story. Sure, absolutely. So I am a clinical psychologist and that was my career path for most of my life. And had been working for many years and my focus was on that career and not necessarily family. So I didn't become a mother until just a few days shy of my 38th birthday. And when I gave birth to my son, I became really surprised by just how overwhelmed I was with feelings of grief. Now, my mom had died uh, when I was 25. So it had been a significant period of time between the time she had died and the time I had my son. So at that point, I thought I had done all of the grieving. You know, I had had milestones like marriages and jobs and moves. And, you know, I graduated graduate school after she had passed. So I had done a lot of grieving to that point. And I, I didn't expect to grieve after I had my son. I just expected to be excited. Well, my experience was actually very different. Not only did I grieve, but I felt overwhelmed. I felt inadequate. I felt incompetent. I felt like I had no clue what I was doing as a mom. And that threw me off guard because I had been treating moms for years. I taught human development. I taught parenting. So I knew all of these things knowledge-wise, but there was something about being a mom that felt so uncomfortable to me. And I didn't understand it. So when we don't understand something, what do we do? We internalize it. So I just felt like I was really bad. I felt shameful. I just thought that there was something wrong with me because I just couldn't get my stuff together. Well, I continued to work after my son was born and I started noticing some patterns. I started noticing that the moms that I saw that didn't have their mom, either because their mom had died or they didn't have a healthy relationship with their mom. Maybe they had uh, disconnected because the relationship was toxic or that they lived really, really far away from their mom. I started noticing these patterns that 
they were feeling some similar experiences that I was. Of course, they didn't know I was feeling it because I didn't talk about it. So I started thinking, I'm like, hmm, I think there's something to this. So being the psych nerd that I am, I went and did some research. And you know what I found? Not much. There isn't a lot of information out there about the impact that being a mom when you don't have your mom has on you. And so I thought, well, maybe I can do something about this. Well, years went by and I got to a point where I was like, you know, I think it's time that I start really doing something more about helping moms because now it had been years. My son is now 12 and I really was recognizing and became very confident in what I was seeing as being significant patterns. And that about a year ago is when I made the decision to open up my coaching practice and to work specifically with those moms who don't have the support and guidance of a loving mom in their life. And so that's what I'm doing. That's what's brought me here. I love that. And that's, that's the biggest thing is when people can use their own experiences, like that just makes what you do so much more powerful because you can relate to everything your clients are thinking and feeling you've been there. And I mean, I, I didn't know the timing wise. I'm like, wow, I lost my mom at 26 and my dad in the same year. And I'm going to be 37 this year. And I'm like, wow, that timing. <laughs> I'm like, right. I, I, I chose not to have children, but I think a big reason of that is because I feel like I would have no support because I would feel that void and loss. Like my mom was the force of our family and knowing that that would be missing and I would be missing out on that. I think it would cause me to feel a little angry too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anger is a very common emotion. Anger, jealousy, feeling overwhelmed, isolated. Absolutely. And the good news though, is that there are things that can be done to help mitigate the impact of those experiences. Being a business owner myself, I know there's a lot of, well, not a lot of most of you listeners are entrepreneurs. That's why they listen to it, mm-hmm. right? You know, there's a lot of parallels. I have now three businesses that that I own and it's amazing The role that a mom plays in her life transcends just the assistance and support that she gives, you know, as we parent, but it's in many ways in our life. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's probably something that you can relate as well is that you don't have that go-to person, whether it be in your personal life or in your business life that you would have wanted to have. Yeah. I just had a flashback to my first jewelry business when I was growing Mm -hmm. that, that kind of was born from, I think my childhood, my mom did a lot of craft shows. She did like every craft imaginable. And I remember going to these like craft shows in church basements where she was selling her stuff. And I was so inspired by that. And then I was like, I want to start doing shows and in-person events. And as an introvert, that was really terrifying. And I remember sitting there at a few thinking like, I really wish I had my mom here. Like this would be, she would be the best supporter and cheerleader at these events to have with me. And it made me a little sad. And I was like, it's been years and it always, Mm -hmm. like you always have these, these thoughts go back to that. Yes. Yes. And again, that's natural and normal, but when we don't recognize what's happening, when we don't normalize it and we don't recognize that it creates a drain on us then we can become fatigued we can become overwhelmed 
And over time, it leads to disappointment, distress, and even burnout. We need to replenish the energy that the losses in our life take from us when they take from us in unexpected ways. Yeah. So one thing I know I wanted to chat about specifically to introverts who are maybe mm-hmm. listening and resonating with this. I know it's true with a lot of moms without a mom, and it's true with a lot of introverts that a lot of times we struggle to ask for help. And I know that is very important. So <laughs> I'd love to hear your advice on on anyone who is maybe in that boat and, and wants to not wants to, but needs to ask for help Mm -hmm. to have things feel a little easier and less draining because we all need support. Absolutely. And first of all, you know, I want to really stress that we are not biologically designed to be able to provide all of the needs of our family by ourselves. I will repeat that. We are not biologically designed to be able to provide all of the needs of our families by ourselves. Unfortunately, our culture really promotes this idea, particularly from others, that you do it all, right? That you nurture, you support, you drive them all over the place, plus you work, right? You do your own self-care, like everything. But the reality is we are not built to be able to do that. Now, those of us that have a personality trait towards introversion, what that means is being around others can sap our energy. So even people we care about, even those we are comfortable with, even on one-to-one, there can be a draining quality to it. Now, not all introverts experience that, but many, many do. There's this myth that, that introverts don't like being around people, and that just isn't the case. It's that it can take some more energy from us. Now, the act of asking for help in and of itself is also draining. So you've got two things that naturally will drain our resources. It's the needing to connect in a vulnerable way with others and the act of asking for help. So for introverts, we especially need to make that process as simple and thinking free as we can. So one of the little hacks that I really like is to put down four people's names and their phone numbers on a note in your phone. So we all have the note app, right? And make one note and pin it so you can easily get to it. And so you have four people, okay, that you can easily access instantly because the act of thinking about who should you call when you're already uncomfortable about needing to call somebody is going to drain that energy and make it harder. And I tell you, when you get a no, I'm not available, your energy is going to deplete even more and you're going to feel bad, which is normal. So then have to think about who do I call next is too much. So you've got the name, their number, you can go right to the second one and it drains less energy. Does that make sense? Yeah. I love that idea. I hate asking for help. I I so struggle with it. A week or two ago, I had a vet appointment and the time wise, we only have one vehicle and I knew that my husband couldn't leave work that early. So I was like, oh, how am I going to get there? So I called my sister or I didn't call her. Actually, I texted her because I didn't want to be face to face. I texted her and the text said, I hate to ask, but <laughs> and she responds, don't hate to ask. Sure, I can. I'm like, that was easy. Yes. But I do. I hate to ask anything of somebody else. But yet I find that the people who struggle to ask for help are also the people that will help 
anyone who asks for it. Like if somebody needs something, I will offer, I will say yes to anything. Uh, well, I mean, not anything, right. but if I can legitimately help someone, I'm going to do it and it's right. no big deal. But yet uh, I don't use that on the flip side of like, people are going to feel the same way. Like people want to help in general, if they're, if they can. Right. And I think that brings up a really good point because another thing that's important when looking to get support from your community is to recognize not only your strengths, but the strengths of the people in your life. So one of the things I recommend, particularly for moms without a mom, but honestly, I think this is good for, for all women is to have, I had mentioned four, but there are four types of people that you want in your community, because unlike a mom, we don't typically fulfill all of the roles of the ways that people ask. So here, let me explain those four people and then that'll make a little more sense. So the first, I like to call the wise woman. So this is the person that has the answers, right? She knows things and she's very generous in giving that information to you. The second person is an emotional supporter. And this is a person that is really good at listening. So she doesn't typically give advice and she won't tell you what to do. She just listens and she doesn't try to cheer you up. She can handle hearing, you know, what you're going through. The third person I like to call the go-getter. So this is the person that is really good at getting things done. So she'll be the one that can come over, help you tackle the five loads of laundry that you let slide <laughs> and pick things up at the store if you need it. So they're really good at being busy and task-oriented. And then the fourth person I call the late-night talker. And this is the person that is available during all different times. Now, these people don't need to all be friends, right? You can rely on professionals like wise woman. For me, when my son was little, was his nursery school teachers. I had an aunt who also was a wise woman for me. Uh, late night talkers. My mom used to have a lot of insomnia. So when I was in college, I could call her at all hours of the night. Once I became a mom, she wasn't available. I really missed having that. But I was able to connect with some people online and at different places in the world. So they weren't face-to-face, -face, but I was able to connect. Now, like I said, we don't fit all of those. So for example, at this point, I'm a pretty good wise woman and not surprising, I'm a good emotional supporter. I'm a terrible go-getter. So <laughs> I'm not the person to ask to help you with, with tasks because I'm just, I'm, I'm terrible. That's not the way I function very effectively. On the other hand, I have this friend who, oh my goodness, she is always getting things done. I mean, she could get five things done when I've barely gotten one thing done, right? So I know that about her, but she isn't the person I would necessarily go to if I'm just really feeling overwhelmed and struggling with an emotional issue, right? So knowing our strengths of our friends and kind of knowing what we have to offer can be really helpful because then when we ask, it makes it easier for them to help us because it's going towards their strength. And if you aren't sure, don't worry about it. It's okay. Put their name down and discover it over time. You'll see what they tend to be most helpful with in your life. I love that. Yeah. And it's really tapping into your friends or your communities mm -hmm. like strengths and, yes. and knowing who to turn to, which I, I love that. Yeah. I, I, I think my sister-in-law is definitely my go-getter, <laughs> but I'm like, she's always so busy that it's, that's why I say, I hate to ask, but yeah, she's never not said no. And it's so important to trust 
but the people in your life will manage their own energy, mm -hmm. right? It's not our job to manage their schedule or their energy for them. So it is always okay to ask just as it's always okay to say yes or to say no. And if they say yes, and they really meant no, that's their issue, not yours. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to fix it for them. I have that issue as a helper. I always say yes. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, why did I say yes? I can't. Oh, yeah. It's usually the the go-getter tasks where somebody's like, hey, can you pick me up? And I'm like, oh, that's like the least favorite thing I want to do, but I will do it. <laughs> but again, that's that's not their issue. That's my issue, like you said. So, <laughs> Right. And I can support you in having the, that no button more mm -hmm. easily accessible to you. I think what you said too, it, it's also a good idea, like the same kind of strategy. I feel like it's also good for business. Yes. I know people always say like, have your business besties. And like, I always struggled with that. Cause I'm like, I don't want to bother people, <laughs> but having different people that this person's really great at this, this person's a really great listener or somebody to bounce ideas off of like having that mixture of a community, not just one person you go to for everything. Cause that will overwhelm them. It will strain your relationship. Right. Exactly. So one person that's really good at giving feedback on your copy, you know, can really hone in on messaging may not be the same person that is going to be able to say, Hey, I'm not in love with that idea. And here are my reasons why. Right. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, you know, kind of knowing who you go to in the business realm becomes really important. You know, who are you going to to get your feedback from and what type of feedback mm -hmm. and who's going to have your back and who's going to, you know, steer you the wrong direction mm -hmm. because of their stuff. Yeah. That's, I was just thinking too, that a one good, like type of person business-wise is a cheerleader. <laughs> I always talk about like, I am not a cheerleader. I'm like going to give the advice and the mm -hmm. strategy and support. I'm not just going to go Yay. <laughs> but they're good right. to have in your corner. Like somebody who always comments on your stuff and is like, awesome job, way to go. Or like, I, I love those people. I'm just not necessarily one of them. <laughs> right. Well, I think in business, right. One, one of the ways to think about different people you have in your life, it's always good to have, have a peer, right. Where you're kind of in the same place in your, in your business growth and the path that your business is in so that you can kind of collaborate and help each other out. But it's also good to have somebody that's ahead of you, right? So that you can learn from, you can have as a mentor. And then also to have somebody in your life that's behind you in that process so that you can mentor them and give them suggestions. Because by having, you know, in all three of those places, you feel really good about where you are, right? And you get ideas and you pass those along and it isn't just one type of person. Kind of like I was saying earlier, you know, it isn't just the number of people, but you really want to make sure you have a good mix of people, both in your personal life, as well as your business life. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I know you're also an introvert. Yes. So I'd love to hear how you've grown or focused your coaching business to try to get clients and get more visible as an introvert? Well, I love being an introvert. And I think the more that I lean into that, the more comfortable and better I feel about everything that I do. I love deep, meaningful connections individually and one-to-one. -one. So, so this here is my wheelhouse. I love doing this. And 
the fact that we're recording, I can just kind of, you know, <laughs> not even think about. So, so it's, it's a one-to-one experience. And the coaching that I do right now is individual coaching, which I think is wonderful for those moms that don't have the support and guidance of a loving mom, because, you know, often like me, they're, they're not even sure what is wrong. They just know they're not feeling as good as they they want to. So they may not be able to identify what their needs are. They may not be able to put their finger on what's going on. And so individual coaching provides us with the opportunity to really hone in on what their specific needs are and, and what we can do to move them forward. And, you know, the 22 years of being a psychologist in my background has made me really good at being able to hone in on what the needs are. Um, So I bring that to the table. I'm also in the process of creating some some workshops and and courses that introverts will feel really comfortable walking through on, on their own. And so what I've discovered is that I need to be very careful with my energy and focus on those things that fill me up as well as taking time to replenish when I need to, because even though it's, you know, one-to-one work, it's intense work. Mm -hmm. And so I need to be very careful with my schedule. And I also need to make sure that I balance out, you know, my own personal time with my family, because, you know, first and foremost, I, I am a mom. I love that. Yeah. Replenishing is so important for introverts and especially like, I can just imagine how emotional the one-to-ones are, like how draining that can be like, yeah, it lights you up. It's exciting. Like you're, you're really helping them overcome and dig into what's happening. But I know for me, one-to-one it's like, I love it, but it's really draining. So if I have a lot of one-to-ones, I need to have extra time that week. (laughs) Well, and, and again, I think that's where my background as a psychologist really helps because I, you know, through my training and background and my own experience, I've learned how to really recognize what my energy levels are and what's going on and what is intense and what isn't. Being aware of my own experiences really helps me then to take care of what I need when I need it. I think about if I was brand new to coaching without my background and experience, it would be more draining than, than it is because of, of where I am in my own professional development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like new coaches and even new service providers that are like focused on one-to-one work or like one-to-one coaching done for you work. It's like, they just want to take all this work and just like fill up their entire <laughs> calendar with all this work, but it can be so exhausting because mm-hmm. you still have to then grow your own business and spend time with your family. Like if your plan is to do this for flexibility and freedom and not be, I know for me, it's like, I don't want to be chained to a desk all the time, (laughs) then making sure you have that balance and, and are setting what you need in place is so critical. Cause I, I know for me, like if, if I have to do anything live or too much one-to-one, like I really need to, I I make sure I look at my calendar weekly or like every other week I'll look and I'll be like, oh, next week looks really busy. I don't want anything else booked. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Because time, energy, and resources are all finite. So again, our time, our energy, 
and our resources. So emotional, physical, financial, spiritual, they're all finite. We cannot add to them. We only change. So if you think about a pie, we only change the way we divide and use them. And so recognizing what is draining your time, energy, and resources helps you then to plan so that you can replenish it. Mm-hmm. If you want to fill your schedule, that's great, but make sure you do it in a way that your schedule also includes those replenishment times. You know, spread it throughout the day in a way that makes sense for you, right? But if you, at the end of the day, find yourself being irritable, cranky, headache, nauseous, tired, low motivation, those are all indicators that your resources are depleted to a very significant level and you need to change some things around a little bit. Mm -hmm. So important to listen to yourself Mm because- I know like even when I talk about time management and productivity, it's all very personal, like what works and, and it's going to change. Like I have seasons where I'm like, yeah, I'm excited to do all these one-to-ones and like book more summits and things. And then I'll get to the next month where I'm like, okay, now I'm, now I'm not feeling it. So (laughs) let's limit my calendar space again. (laughs) Right. But again, that's the joys of being an entrepreneur. We have that flexibility Mm -hmm. and the ability to do that. Yeah, I love that. So I just wanted to ask you before we close out. So I know a lot of people are probably listening to this. So I know you have a book coming out in April. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I am so excited. This is my first book that I've ever written. And it's been a major project filled with love. So it's Tentatively going to be called um, Thriving as a Mom Without a Mom. Now that might change a little bit as my editor, you know, works on it. But anyway, so Thriving as a Mom Without a Mom, it's a combination of my story as well as practical strategies and advice and tips on how you can also thrive as a mom without a mom. And again, a mom without a mom is any any woman who doesn't have the support and guidance of a loving mom, regardless of whether she's living, deceased, close or far. You know, if your mom isn't there for you, then you're a mom without a mom. I'm so excited for your book. Like I, I know I'm not a mom, but I am going to buy it and I'm going to read it because I know there's going to be stuff in there for me as well. Well, but you are a mom to your three dogs. And I think your example (laughs) of like having an emergency and feeling that, oh my God, what do I do? Right. And then doing all that alone and, you know, juggling, you can definitely relate. And not to mention, you know, mothering the businesses that you own. So that's true. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. So, so that's going to be out and. An easy way to find it would be on my my website, which is momswithoutamom.com. You know, easy to remember. And I'm in all the typical social places, you know, Instagram, TikTok as moms without a mom. Yeah, we will have all of your links in the show notes. So everyone can go check that out. You also have a free checklist. You have a free Facebook group. So definitely if you're connecting with what Melissa has been saying and sharing and you are a mom without a mom, or this has resonated with you in any way, make sure to go connect with her. She's absolutely amazing and has so much knowledge to share. 
Thank you so much. And my my Facebook group, it's called Thriving as a Mom Without a Mom. And, and I love it. It's a small little group, but it's very interactive and supportive. And it isn't, it isn't like some of the other groups that focus on being motherless that is very much about grief and sadness. This group is really about tips and and hacks and supporting and cheering each other on. And and so if you're thinking about it, I'd love for you to join me. I love that. I love as an introvert, the small Mm -hmm. engaged Mm -hmm. groups. If there's a Facebook group that's recommended and it's like 15,000 members, I'm like, nope, not joining (laughs) that. I love that. You've created an amazing environment and your, your book and everything you're doing is going to help so many people. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at theterrorread.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.